Welcome back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And on today's episode, I talk through the performance test that I do with our volleyball team here at Kentucky. And the big takeaway I want everyone to understand, especially those young strength coaches listening, is that there are a lot of fancy, complex performance tests out there. But none of that matters if the tests you prescribe are not well thought out or if you're not consistent with your testing. And my point being, knowing your rhyme and your reason and being able to articulate that and being consistent with your testing, all of that trumps the glitz and glamour and all those fancy tests every single time. And the last thing I'm going to mention in this introduction, because I failed to mention it during the episode, is that you got to make sure you are using your testing data in whatever way it needs to be used. But you got to make sure you're effective and you're productive by using that testing data to better the team or to better those individual student athletes. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. In October, our strength and conditioning staff went through the performance test that we do with each one of the teams we directly work with. This is something we haven't done in many years, but it is a topic that I'm going to make a note of and we will revisit at least one time per year moving forward. And I think it's such an important exercise, extremely important practice for us to do to talk through our performance tests, revisit our why, and even articulate our why to the entire staff. And I think it's so important because when you are forced to present your performance test, present your why to a group of strength coaches that you work with day in and day out, it, it forces you to maybe revisit some thoughts you haven't thought through in a while and make sure that everything that you've laid out for your team is very well thought out. But more importantly, it's such a great development exercises for everybody involved. So even when Coach DeVrent was talking through his performance test with the softball team, it got the wheels turning in my brain because he was mentioning some things that I hadn't really thought about. And then obviously for our young strength and conditioning coaches, they're hearing this information for most likely the first time. So we are laying the foundation uh, of knowledge for them as it pertains to performance testing and what you need to think through. Now in this episode, I want to talk through the performance test of our volleyball team. I want to talk through everything that they do with me in regards to testing. And I'll say this at the beginning, is that Kentucky volleyball is somewhat unique because since 2005, Uh, They've only had one head coach in Craig Skinner, and they've only had two strength coaches as well, and that was Steph Tracy Simmons and myself. So my point being is that our performance tests for our volleyball team have been extremely consistent since 2005. But I want to talk through the tests that we do. Um, And I think one test that is probably a staple in every single NCAA Division I volleyball program is vertical jump. And vertical jump has been a staple in our program since day one, ever since Craig got here. But how I measure vertical has changed. And I think it was around the 2018 year that I made this adjustment. But taking a step back, let me tell you how I used to test vertical. And we 
always get two numbers, or we used to only get two numbers when we tested vertical. We would get our standing vertical in inches, and then we would get an absolute height touch for our approach vertical. So give you an, give you an example is that one of our volleyball players, the two numbers that they might get is a 25 inch standing vertical, and then they were able to touch 10 feet, two and a half inches on their approach vertical. And how I used to get those numbers, specifically with the standing vert, is I would use the 12 inch reach method, where, it, and both of these were done on a vertex. So if you're not familiar with the 12 inch reach method, you have your vertex, you measure down 12 inches from the bottom peg, you put a piece of tape there, you have the athlete stand next to the vertex, they put their middle finger on the pole, you raise it up, and then that bottom peg is 12 inches away from their highest standing reach. Um, and then you would go from there. And then for the approach vert, I would put the uh, vertex up to eight feet even or eight six or nine feet and then i would get their absolute number that way and that was fine and dandy until i started thinking about you know how can i get some more information from how well we're jumping and this is what i do now is instead of using the 12 inch reach method for measuring their standing vert i get an absolute number on how high they jump from a standing position and how I do that is when they are a freshman or whenever they enter our program, if they're a transfer, I get their standing reach. So let's say that might be seven feet, eight inches. And then I'll get their absolute height touch for a standing vert. And then I'll get their absolute uh, height touch for their approach vert as well. So the I get so much more information out of doing vertical jump testing this way. And the biggest piece of information that I get now is how high they're jumping from a flat-footed position, which is super important for a lot of our players where blocking is a big part of their game. And then I'm also able to see what is the difference between their standing vert versus their approach vert. And on average, our team, there's about a four to four and a half inch difference between their standing vert and their approach vert. We have some athletes that are on that higher end, six inches, seven inches. But if I'm seeing that there's an athlete that's on that lower end, so maybe there's only an inch and a half or two inch difference between their standing vert and their approach vert, that tells me I need to possibly modify their program to make some adjustments with what they're doing in the weight room or um, maybe some of the exercises that they're doing on the court so we can have a different intention so we can start making that, that difference between their standing and approach larger, more on that team average side of four inches plus. So that's the adjustments I made with how I've uh, measured vertical jump. Another adjustment we made with uh, vertical jump testing is how often we do it. Prior to the pandemic, we would test vertical twice in the off season, in the um, winter spring semester, and then we would test vertical a third time during preseason. Now, once we've had the COVID year, that 2020, 2021 season, where we started playing volleyball in August, and then we didn't finish up until late April, 
we decided to test vertical during practice at least one time per month. And why we started doing that is because a typical volleyball season is four, five months in length. And during this, this COVID year, we were asking our players to play volleyball for essentially nine full months, which is a lot of time. So we wanted to make sure that we were measuring their vertical, both standing and approach, to see how high we were jumping, to seeing if, you know, where we were jumping in August, are we jumping that same height in November or March? Are we getting better? Uh, do we need to emphasize recovery more or give the team an extra day off? Um, so testing vertical once a month during that competitive, competitive season gave us a lot of good information with how our athletes were going to be performing on the court with how high they were jumping. And now I really like that information that we got during that 2020-2021 season. So currently I've kept that practice in play. So now that we're in the fall season of 2021, once a month we are testing vertical for the same reason. Hey, if we were jumping super high in August, that's great, but it really doesn't mean much because we want to keep jumping that same height, if not higher, in December when we're in the NCAA tournament. So that's a good rundown of our vertical jump performance testing. Next thing I want to move on to is our weight room testing. Now the tests we've done in the weight room have almost been exactly the same when uh, Steph was their strength coach and now that I'm their strength coach, um, the tests that we do in the weight room are power clean, back squat, bench press, and pull-ups. And I want to talk through the relative strength ranges uh, that we have for our volleyball team. And some of these ranges are a, a little large, but understanding that volleyball players come in all shapes, lengths, some are short, some are tall, some have, you know, femurs as long as my body. So understanding the biomechanics of it, um, I have this range and then each athlete based on my discretion can fall into anywhere in this range. But talking through relative strength, percentage of body weight. For power clean, we're looking between 90 and 110%. Back squat, 125 to 150%. And bench press, 75 to 100% of relative strength. And then moving on to pull-ups, our team average hovers around four to five reps. Uh, even going back to limb length, a lot of our players have super long arms. It's very difficult for them to go through a full range of motion, straight arm at the bottom, chin all the way up over the bar. Um, and it's important to know that when we do our pull-up testing, it's your body weight. You get no assistance from bands. So, so my main goal for pull-ups is that if it is an area of improvement for one of our players, we need to make sure that we're tackling it. And then throughout their four-year career, they're progressing and getting better each time that we test pull-ups. Now with all of our weight room testing, we will do that three times per year, twice in the spring semester. So that's typically late February, maybe early March. And then we'll test again in late April before the spring semester is over. And then we will also do our weight room testing during preseason in August. Moving outside the weight room and into our speed and agility testing, our agility test is the pro agility, five, 10, five. 
And this has been a test that's been a staple in our program for a long time. But the main thing that has changed is that in 2018, I switched from it being a handheld stopwatch test to using timing gates. And then obviously that has allowed us to get much more accurate time since we've started using timing gates. How that test is broken down is I give our players three attempts and I do not specify which way they have to start. They can go all three attempts to the right, all three attempts to the left. Typically, they'll divide it up one time to the left, one time to the right, and then whatever side they feel like is more dominant, I'll, uh, they'll typically go to that side first on their third attempt, but I take their best time out of those three attempts. Uh, in terms of speed, one test that I added after we got back from quarantine in 2020, so when we were able to come back on campus and work out, I added the speed test, which is a 20-yard sprint. And I added it because I wanted to see where our linear acceleration was compared to normative data from other teams. Uh, I felt like it was a solid assessment for how fast we can get to point A to point B. I found a lot of value in it, so I kept the 20-yard sprint uh, moving forward. And we currently do our 5-10-5 and 20-yard sprint testing three times a year, very similar to the weight room, two times in the spring and then one time during preseason. Pre now, during the season that we're in now, we're in our fall season 2021. Like I mentioned with vertical jump, uh, it's a super important number for all of our attackers uh, to see how high they're jumping. Uh, for our bros and our DSs, vertical jump, not as important. Still a great measure of power, but having that absolute number and uh, just not as important for them. So one thing I've toyed around with is instead of, instead of or on top of them doing the vertical jump testing each month, I've played around with, hey, you know what, let's take five minutes during practice as well, and let's get some attempts on 5-10-5 to see how well we're changing direction, to see our first step quickness. And I think that's a more important metric to look at for our defensive specialists, as opposed to just looking at vertical jump with them. Moving on from that, next on my list is our fitness test. And I'll explain the entire test in a second, but it's important to note that our fitness test for Kentucky Volleyball is a baseline fitness assessment, meaning that it is pass-fail and you are deemed fit enough to play the game of volleyball at Kentucky under Craig Skinner at the Division I SEC level when you pass this test. Our test is done on the volleyball court and it is, and I'll explain it right now and I'll try to make sure I explain it in detail. We do 100-yard shuttles in 10 yard increments. So 100 yards in 10 yard increments is 10 yards and back five times. The test is four sets of two reps. The rest in between the reps is a one to one work to rest ratio and the rest between the sets is 90 seconds. The goal time for each shuttle is at or under 26 seconds. And to pass the test, you have to get all eight shuttles under 26 seconds. This is an assessment I really like, mainly because we've been doing, doing it for almost two decades now. In order to pass this test, your ability to change direction and accelerate has to be on point. 
and then combining that with the player's ability to recover in between the reps and in between the sets, which is essentially equivocal to a long rally in volleyball, makes this assessment a solid one for our fitness test. How often we run it, we do it one time in the spring, and then we do it one time during preseason. And our goal is for the entire team to pass the test so everybody is deemed fit enough to play the sport of volleyball at Kentucky. One assessment that has been recently added is a movement screen, which was developed by our strength staff. So Ryan DeVrant, Stephen Wood, Brendan McDonald, they did a great job of developing a Kentucky strength conditioning, athletic performance movement screen. And it is uh, a screen, and with all movement screen, it's making the time to figure out when you're going to take an entire team through it. And even though volleyball is a team of 14, 15 players, it, that can still take you know 10 minutes per 10 minute per player uh, to take them through that. So I haven't taken the whole team through this movement screen, but I plan to do that in January and then uh, sometime in the summer as well. The last piece of performance testing I want to touch on is body composition. Currently, not only our volleyball team, but almost all of our uh, teams at Kentucky get their body composition uh, data from the bod pod, which we've used for many, many years. Um, in bod pod, we will typically uh, do that test, our body composition testing, around the same time of our major performance testing blocks. So we will do it in the off season when we test. Uh, typically that's gonna be sometime in March or maybe April. We will do body composition again during preseason when we're doing our vertical jump and weight room testing and speed and agility testing as well. And then we will get a postseason bod pod, uh, typically before we leave for the NCAA tournament. So we know how well our body is adapting to our off-season training. Um, when we get our body composition testing in March, how, what we're looking like going into the season in August, and then how well our body handled the rigors of our fall season as well when we test again um, sometime in late November, early December. And I think the biggest thing with body composition testing is most of the time people look at the bod pod results and there's a lot of things you can look at and they look at that information as a standalone number. And it's important to know that you have to look at all of your performance testing as a whole. If there's one piece of advice I can give to young strength coaches in regards to analyzing their performance testing data, it's, hey, you can't put too much stock in one number. You have to look at everything from a holistic, comprehensive standpoint. And I think where people fail is they hold so much stock with that body composition number when everything else that you're testing could be on par or even um, at an elite level. But just because that body composition number wasn't where they thought it was gonna be, everything else almost gets thrown out the window. With body composition numbers, specifically with the bod pod, there's one number that I will look at with our athletes here at Kentucky, and that is our fat-free mass percentage. 
And I want to make sure that everybody's within a healthy range. And within a four-year career, that fat-free mass percentage, or which essentially it is, is our muscle mass, is improving. And like I mentioned before, so many people get too honed in on the body composition number and then don't look at it with all of the other testing data that they might have. So if specifically with the sport of volleyball, if you're jumping high, you're running fast, your relative strength percentages are within those ranges that I mentioned, but maybe your um, fat-free mass number wasn't exactly where you needed to be, that really doesn't matter that much. It doesn't. What matters is that you feel good, you're jumping high, you're running fast, and you're strong and healthy. So like I mentioned before, whether it's, you know, an athlete or a young strength coach, you got to make sure that you're looking at your performance testing data as a whole, not just honing in on one specific number. And I think another important part is obviously I've talked through our tests. A lot of those tests have been around since day one with our volleyball team here as Craig Skinner as our head coach established by Steph. And then I took the reins and was able to continue on with that consistency. Now there have been things that have been modified and that's completely fine as long as those modifications are well thought out. What you don't wanna do is get into the routine of implementing a performance test Maybe it, it, maybe it wasn't exactly what you thought it was going to be, so you scratch it for a next year and then you move on to another test and maybe that one didn't work out that well, so two years later you're on to a third assessment. You want to make sure that everything from a performance testing standpoint is well thought out, that you can keep it consistent, make modifications as needed, but just make sure once again that those modifications are well thought out. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, me talking through the volleyball performance testing that we do here at Kentucky. Like I mentioned at the beginning, it was such a good exercise for all of our strength coaches to talk through their why, to be able to articulate the rhyme and the reason why they do certain performance tests with each one of our teams. Uh, I learned a lot from it. Hopefully you guys were able to take some um, some bullet points away from my conversation today. But thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Like always, do not hesitate to reach out to us on social media or email us at ukstrength at uky.edu if you have any questions for us or any content that you want to hear in the future. Thanks and go Cats.